And we're going to look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter eight, uh, first few verses here, uh, probably one through nine. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse one through nine. As we worship the Lord with our giving. I'm going to start with verse 1. Moreover, brethren, uh, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. I have no idea what that means if I never studied it because I don't say anything like that. We do you to wit. We do you to wit. In other words, it really means we don't want you to be without understanding or not to understand. Uh, the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. And so uh, he really starts out chapter 8 and says, you know, there is a grace from God that was given or placed upon these churches. Well, what are churches? Well, they are groups of people coming together to worship God and to meet with God. And so uh, if uh, the Lord ever put grace upon churches, he's still putting grace upon churches. If he ever poured it out on anyone, he's still pouring it out. And if he did it for one, he'll do it for you. If he did it for their church, actually, their church is our church. In other words, there is not like the early church and the latter church. There is one body of Christ, one church, right? And so we come together normally in uh, geographical local groups uh, to make a difference for God and to come and hear from God and serve the Lord and uh, be a blessing and uh, uh, to be blessed and to meet with the Lord. But he said, I don't want you to not know or understand the grace of God that was placed upon the churches of Macedonia. So there must have been something unique and special about the churches of Macedonia, that whole region, the Macedonian region, something special about that. And he goes on to kind of tell us what it was. We live by faith and not by sight. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, I think, uh, I don't remember the exact verse, maybe 11 or something like that. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we walk by what we believe, not just by what we see. He didn't even say just by, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> he said, we walk by what we believe, not by what we see. Sometimes those things will align uh, but many times they don't. And so we live by faith. In other words, we live by from our, our hearts are eternally and forever fixed and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that aligns everything else in our life. If you kind of get that right, well, everything else kind of comes automatic. I don't mean like it's easy automatic, but I mean um, it is a rest. Uh, you're serving God in rest. In other words, you, you have great satisfaction because no matter the test or the trial or the adversity that comes your way, the challenge that comes your way, because if you're living on the earth, you're going to have challenges, problems, tests, trials, some of it because of your mistakes and some of it because you live in the world. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Well, wait a second. So if in my heart I am fixed and set on the Lord Jesus Christ 
and he's the one that has overcome the world. And God said, you know, Paul said, if God gave you Jesus, how will he not freely give you all things? Well, you ought to meditate on that sometime. Just start chewing on it and try not to shout because you start thinking, wait, if he gave me Jesus, Jesus was the most valuable. You know, I think of uh, uh, <laughs> Jeremy and Leah, you know, like uh, uh, giving up their daughter, you know. Uh, I mean, she could go and like next week find her husband. Well, she would be very unwise to get married the week after that. But if God, you know, not only did God give his only son, but he gave him to be separated in a way that they're not going to be separated. When he was on the cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so if he gave us Jesus... If he had in his heart to give us Jesus and all that Jesus is and means and does and, you know, um, has and contains, how much more will he freely, didn't cost you anything to receive Jesus, except for everything. You know, you don't have to pay any money, you don't have to work anything, but you had to lay aside dominion of your life and turn it over to him. Well, that's very costly, but it's free for you. But it costs God and Christ everything. And so if he did that, how much more will he give you all things? And so he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of the grace of God that was poured upon these believers. Why? Because if you recognize the grace of God upon the believers of Macedonia, how in a great, verse 2, in a great trial of affliction, I'll have to... Read it here. Uh, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liberality. In other words, great trial of affliction, deep poverty, joy welling up. In the middle of deep poverty and adversity, they had great joy. That's because they live by faith. They walk by faith. They believe God. You, you get something stirring on the inside of you in great affliction, in deep poverty, and you're like, I, 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 I have a hunger on the inside. I, I, I have something I have to fulfill. I have to, have to meet. There's a pull. There's a tug. There's, a, there, there's an unction on the inside. And I have to, like, fulfill that unction. Well, what was it for them? They're like, you know what? The natural man in, in time of deep poverty and great affliction, says it's a great time to whine, complain, and tell everybody about all of your problems and issues so they can agree with you that your life is horrible and then have pity on you. But that's not what the spiritual man says. The spiritual man says, this is a great opportunity to prove that the Bible is true. It's a great opportunity to see the power of God show up in great affliction and deep poverty and overwhelm and overcome the work of the enemy, the mistakes of my own hands, and watch God show up and do what only he could do. And so they said, you know, they had great joy. Well, I wonder what great joy would look like. You know, it's all right. Everything's all right. I got the joy of the Lord. 
He's my provider. You gonna come? I don't know if we're gonna be able to. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Oh, I, I believe we will. I can see that you believe you will. <laughs> that you'll have the finance. No, no, great joy. Why? Because you're not the source. God is the source. God is the multiplier of seed sown, as we learn if we had time to go to chapter 9. God is the multiplier. God is the provider. He is the one that gives you grace. And if you tap into this grace, you can tap into this grace. You know, who's the youngest person in here? Is it Ellie? You know, the youngest to the oldest. You can tap into the grace of God. And your life will forever be changed and be different. And so you don't have to be bound any longer. You don't have to be poor any longer. You don't have to be under the power of the devil any longer. You don't have to be under the power of bad habits. You don't have to be under the power of your, your flesh that just always does what it wants to do. And you're like, you read Romans chapter 7, and you're like, that's me, that's me, that's me. Oh, what a wretched man I am. You know, that's Paul. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. Right? Don't ever stop at chapter 7. Read chapter 8. He's like, but thank God I'm in Christ Jesus, and in Christ Jesus, all those things are overcome, overwhelmed, and destroyed. Amen. Amen. I better stop. All right. Uh, Let's just finish with uh, verse 7. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, utterance, knowledge, and your diligence, and your love to us, see to it that you abound in this grace also. What is that? That's the grace of giving and receiving. The grace of giving and receiving. There should always be a flow from your life that you're giving and receiving. The the reason we can love anybody is because God has given us love. So first you have to receive the love of God. As soon as you receive the love of God, well, then you have some kind of love to give. Otherwise, it's natural selfish love. Like, I I, I want you all for me. Um, See to it that you abound in this grace also. doesn't happen by accident. Uh, what I want to leave you with for this portion of the service is there is a grace from God that can hit your finances and that will affect your life in every single way. I don't mean if you have more money, it will affect your life in every single way. I mean, sure, when you have more financial provision, uh, a lot of things are easier, some things are harder. But what I mean is... The generous soul, Proverbs said, will be made uh, fat or blessed or um, more than enough. And so when you tap into the grace of God for your finances, the grace of God in your giving and your receiving, it, it it affects your whole life. And the will of God... is that just like your spirit is so satisfied by the goodness of God in spiritual things, 
that your body would be just as satisfied and your financial portfolio would be just as satisfied. In other words, you'll have great prosperity in every aspect of your life. It's not just financial things, but it does not exclude financial things. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace, all grace overflow to you. God's able to make all grace overflow to you that you always, having everything you need in every situation can give into every good work. God is able. Say that after me. Say, God is able. To make every kind of grace overflow towards me. I believe he's doing it right now. So because I believe, I speak. Therefore, I am blessed. All my needs are met. I have more than enough. All my bills are paid. I'm either out of debt or coming out of debt. God is my source and my supply. I am diligent at the work of my hands. I tithe and I give and God blesses me financially and in every part of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord.